0: Hi, everyone. I hope you all are doing well back at home. I am up in Sweden now recording this, actually. I can't believe I am coming to the end of this trip. That's that's crazy. I think when I get home, Meg and I will probably go out and get something nice to eat, probably Chick-fil-A or Chipotle. And I, I'm just excited to put on clothes that I don't have in my backpack because I don't have a ton of clothes with me. So I'm excited to put on a nice dress that doesn't smell. I'll probably wear makeup. I haven't worn makeup in a month and we'll probably go out to eat. So yeah, it's gonna be funny. I still can't believe that everything I needed for a month is in my backpack. And honestly, I don't think there's anything major that I forgot. All those online websites that have lists of things you need for backpacking around Europe. They're pretty accurate and I don't think they left out anything I really needed. But So update on Germany. I think Germany up until this point was one of the most memorable um, countries. It wasn't the most beautiful in terms of the mountains or anything, but I think the things I experienced in Germany are definitely things I will remember forever. So to start, I was in Munich. (laughs) The Munich transportation system is not good (laughs) it is so different than every other place i've been for example when i was in switzerland or austria it's very easy to figure out where you needed to go there's a number on there's a big tv big screen that says the number of the train the locations location it's going to and the time it departs yeah there was none of that in munich and so it gave me a run for my money. And I asked this one man who was in the information booth. So he's supposed to be helping people. I asked him for help and I was trying to just make sure I was getting on the right train, but this man did not speak English, which is fine. But he started yelling at me in German. And when I asked him, I just pointed at the train. I was like, is this the train? He just continued to scream at me in German. And honestly, having a man scream at you in German is kind of scary. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, thank you. And I got onto the train and this nice this nice couple came up to me and they said, "Like we heard him yelling at you. You are on the right train. You are good. Um, I don't know why he was yelling at you, essentially. I was like, thank you so much for coming up to me and clarifying that I am in the right place. And that. I'm not on the wrong train. It's like, yeah, I don't know why he was screaming at me, but that was was not pleasant. Anyways, give me one second. Just making sure I have enough phone battery. Okay, so after I got yelled at by the German man, I got to the location I needed to, and I had a one-mile walk to my hostel. And as I was walking, I talked to Anna on the phone, so that was fun. And this hostel is very different than the other hostels i've stayed in what it is is it's called the tent munich you should look it up so the tent munich is the name of it and they have two enormous tents with just a bunch of beds set up in them so they are these um put um a canvas i think that might be the word canvas tent Those huge white pavilion type tents and they just put beds bunk beds in this tent so I think, and I could be wrong, but I think there's around 160 beds in the tent I was in. That's the bigger tent. I could have gone in the bigger tent or the smaller one. I was like, oh, why not? Go big or go home. And honestly, the best way to explain it is when, there, you know, when there's a natural disaster and they take those big banquet halls or any large areas and just set up beds. That is what it looked like. But you know, it actually was pretty fun. And I mean, it's safe. I thought about this. I was like, if something happens and someone attacks me, I have 158 people who are going to come to the rescue. So overall, I felt like pretty safe there. And it was 17 euros a night. So it's probably $19 a night. So can't beat that. But the tent as a whole, as a hostel, it almost, it was very much like a campground. There was a game area. There was a basketball court. There was a volleyball, um, like a volleyball court set up. They had a cafeteria-type thing. They had bathrooms. And in the cafeteria, you could get whatever you wanted, and they grilled some nights. So I got grilled corn, which was good. And I – um and, oh, and then a big part of it is they have a fire every night. So you just sit around the fire, and you legitimately can meet people from every part of the world. I met people when I was at the tent. Oh, my gosh, probably people from – so many different countries, but Sweden, Holland, Germany, U K, Denmark. Mm, I don't know about Denmark, but um, India. India was a cool one. Canada. So people all over the world. It's almost just like you have the world at your finger, sitting around that fireplace, and it was really cool. There's a thirteen year old girl who actually lives right in the neighborhood, and she says her dad brings her on weekends to hang out at the fire. In she meets people from all parts of the world who are backpacking around Europe or just traveling and I told her I was like, that is quite the college essay right there, but anyway so this t- the the tent hostel as a whole was a really cool experience, and I almost felt like the people in the Bible who um, i think like in the book of Exodus when they lived in tents that that's what i that's what I felt like, so I talked to Megan that night and I had to catch up with her because she was going to Summers Best two weeks for two weeks and would not have her phone. Oh and I don't think I've ever gone two weeks without talking to Megan in my life. I text her we talk whether texting her on the phone, probably every day in some capacity, whether it's on the phone or it's just like one text. So I talked to Megan before she went to Summers Best and I'm just reading down the list of things I want to talk about here. One thing I noted is in the Munich area, specifically in the suburb where I was staying, the landscape reminded me so much of home, specifically Bethel Park. Just very, there's hilly, there's hills, I think, but just very green trees reminded me so much of home. I don't think I've been in a landscape yet that reminded me more of home than Munich. Um, So the next day I... Kind of want to just take time to sit, pray, read my Bible, think about some things, but I needed to try to find a quiet place to go. And I found this nice little, oh, I don't even know if I want to call it a campground. I don't know what it was. It was kind of like a campground, but everyone had beautiful flowers on their landscape. So maybe it's like a campground for people who like to garden. I don't know what it was, but the flowers were beautiful. So I sat there for a while and just... Got through some things, reflected, prayed, and it was it was really nice. Um, then I went to church because it was Sunday. I went into town to church. I found a church online called Munich International Community Church. I was between going to that church and another international church, but my phone would not load the address for the other place or something. And so I just ended up going to this church by default. And I'll get to church in a second. And that turned out to be definitely God's work, without a doubt. But on the way to church, I had extra time, and I left myself extra time, especially with the Munich transportation system. But as I was going on the tram or bus, I don't remember what I was on, I saw this, it almost looked like a park, but it had a bunch of tables set up with food stands. So I was like, hmm, um, maybe it's a fair or something. So I went and looked around, and... I honestly couldn't tell you what it was. It looked like a fairgrounds. I don't know if that's even the word. But there's a bunch of tables set up everywhere. There's food stands, there's playgrounds. So I just walked around for a while and I will tell you, the playgrounds in Germany would not be approved in the United States. I I thought some like you could get that slide from the um playground was intense. Like it was it was high, it was steep. I was like some kids going to get hurt on this, but Yes, definitely would not get away with that in America. But anyways, I walked around, and the food looked really good. And so I got a platter. I'm sorry, I got a tray. And I went up to get some food. Absolutely every word on that sign was in German. So I had no idea what I was getting. There was this one thing that looked like a matzo ball. And I love matzo ball, So I just pointed to it and said, I'll take it. I later found out. The woman told me it's a potato ball. <laughs> um. It was good again there's no English so I had no option and my German is next to none but anyways it was good and then I got closer to the church and I just walked around the park this little park for a while and there's a pull-up bar <laughs> I did some pull-ups I can tell you I've, I think I've lost a little bit of upper body strength in this in this journey but I stretched for a while did some pull-ups on the kids pull-up bar and <laughs> um, And then I made my way to MICC, the Munich International Community Church. And I, sorry, I'm trying to read my notes. So I walked in and I started talking to this woman at the front who greeted me and she was really nice. I think she said she was from Brazil. So I really enjoyed talking to her and how friendly and welcoming she was. And then I heard someone ask her about the speaker for today, the guest speaker who was at the church, and the guest speaker was from an organization called Nine Marks, and so it's like Nine Marks of a healthy Christian church is kind of what they're about, and that caught my attention very quickly because my friend Sianna, she's one of my good friends, worked for Nine Marks in Washington, D.C. a couple summers ago, and she so was like, hmm, I wonder if the speaker would know Sianna, so I texted Sianna, and she knew exactly who the speaker was. And it was just such a small world moment because she's like, yes, I know him. I think his name is Jonathan. And so, was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy that I'm in Munich and the speaker is who you used to work with in D.C. And so the the worship was so good. I loved it so much. And the sermon was excellent. He's just a man who used when he speaks, he speaks with such authority and such wisdom. I had five pages of notes, and if any of you want to go back and listen to that sermon from him, just text me, and I can I can find it and send it to you for sure. But um, the church the church was packed actually with people who came to listen to him, and so afterwards I went up to him. He was kind of intimidating, I won't lie. But I went up to him and I started talking to him and just told him about Sianna. He's like, oh, we love Siana. Yes, I know who that is. But turns out he wasn't the only one there. Multiple people from the Nine Marks organization were there in church. And there's another couple who was there, um, Rick and his wife. And turns out Siona's sister, Simona, who I've also met before, is used to live with Rick and his wife for six months in Brazil, but also is Rick's assistant. So there's just all these crazy connections. And I was like, God, I am meant to be here without a doubt. This is such a small, it's a small world I am learning. But afterwards, I talked to a girl, a woman from Kenya, and she was so kind. And I love talking to her. We were friends just instantly. And then I got to talk to a woman. Well, wait, let me see here. Okay, yes. So afterwards, I started speaking to a woman, Carrington. Carrington, You'll probably listen to this because I sent this podcast to you, but I'm not sure if I'm saying your name right. I apologize if I'm saying it wrong. But anyways, I just talked to her, and she told me her testimony of coming to the Lord, and it was just so inspiring to hear how the Lord, how the Lord works. And also, I talked to her about the situation I ran into back in Italy when I was about to stay at that hotel, that but it had like it was kind of the gave me a bad bad vibe that like energy reading voodoo stuff, and she told me that I made the right decision because stuff like that in europe you don't you don't want to mess around with it because it's very very dark, and so that was reassuring reassuring to hear that, but I talked to her for probably forty minutes, and I think i I just got to learn so much from her. And it was such a blessing to get to speak with her and hear just what life is like in Germany. What is it like to be a Christian in Germany? And she grew up in the States. She was in Vegas for a while. Um, And so it was really, I very much enjoyed getting to speak to her and I think we'll probably stay in touch. So Um, yes. And then after that, I, (laughs) well, so they told me that there's a second service the at night in the director of I think it's a director or something like that president of nine marks was speaking. And he was like, you know what? I've enjoyed this first service so much. I would love to come to the second service. And they just told me it's in German, but there'll be a translator. So I went and I got some pizza and, and then I came back and on my way back, I called Megan because that was the last time I would get to talk to her before she went to summer's best. And I now understand what my mother was saying all those years when me and her would go. How it's so hard not being able to talk to us, because I feel my mom's pain now. And I was just like, "Okay, Megan, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye." And I actually called her back a second time. I was like, "Wait, I just wanted to make sure. Did I say I love you before I hanged up?" And she said, "She's like, yes, I promise you said I love you, but I love you too." And so I called her a second time just to make sure I said I want to make sure I said I love you. But after I said bye to her. I went in, in the second service, the German service. It was really special. I'd never been into a service where it was in a language I didn't know. But the worship was special because I didn't know a word of what they were saying. But I knew they were worshiping God, and I was worshiping God. So we were worshiping God together, even though I had no clue what was being said. And it was a really cool picture of the body of Christ, for sure. And so when the um, for the sermon the um director of nine or the president whoever he was he would speak a sentence and then the pastor would translate it from english to german and it was funny at the beginning he said i'm going to think about the hardest thing i can come up with for you to translate and he said something like i am the best translator there is and then when the pastor went to translate that into german he kind of laughed a little bit because he was boasting about himself in a way but that was that was just funny um and so, yes, I enjoyed, it was cool to hear that sermon that was being translated out of English into German. And just, again, a picture of the body of Christ, people from a completely different country in a completely different language than me, but we're still worshiping the same God. It was, it was really cool. And So then I left and I went to get on the tram to go back to um, the tent, the hostel, and Oh, wait, shoot. one thing I meant to say that I had a note written down for. Um. Oh, I said it was really interesting. All the different people I talked to at the church, whether the speakers from Nine Marks or the people I spoke to from the church afterwards, the number of people who weren't raised in Christian families but came to know the Lord just through crazy experiences later on in their life. And I thought that was encouraging that It's not just people who are, oh, my great grandma was a Christian that my grandma was that my mom was, but it's people who've had encounters with the Lord who are now following Jesus with their whole life. And they, they weren't raised with it, but they came to know the Lord later in their life. And I thought that was really cool. But anyways, going back to the train station, when I was there waiting for the tram, there's just this man who you could tell there's no doubt he was, he was on drugs and he was just walking around, and there was a lot of people around, so I felt safe. I wasn't, like, too scared at all, but he, like, went up to this woman and was kind of, like, messing with her, and this man who was nearby kind of stepped in and was like, hey, hey, like, back away, and I thought that was that was really cool that that man stepped in and did something. He didn't just sit there and observe, but he stepped in and protected her, and I that was, that was good to see. Um. Anyways, so I got on the train, tram, to go back, and there's a girl with a backpack on the tram, and it's like, I bet she's going to the tent hostel where I'm staying. So I, when she got off at the same station as me, I asked her if that's where she's going, and she said, yeah. And I told her she can walk with me, and so I started talking to her. She was from Sweden, and as we were walking back, there was this group of like two, th- two guys I think on the other side of the road, and they were walking to the hostel too. It's kind of like, oh, we're from the same hostel. That just automatically makes us friends. And so they yelled across the street, like, where are you from? And I didn't, I didn't hear them the first time. I said, like, what? We can't hear you. And he said, where are you from? And the guy who was walking with him said, she's from the United States. And they could just tell from my accent. He knew he's like, she's from the United States. I was like, you are right. I am from the United States. He was from, I think, Florida. So he could pick up on my quote accent. But yes, people know. I don't know, it's fun that people can hear me speak and they're like, oh, you're from the United States. I can tell by your accent. It's going to be really weird going back to the States and everyone's going to be speaking without any, for, well, for the most part, of course, you have people from different areas who have accents or different languages, but it's going to be sad. I'm going to miss hearing all the languages and accents. It's it's cool. It's cool to have the world at your fingers. But um, that night... I talked to my mom for a while on the phone, and also, I was in Germany, and I don't really like beer, but I was like, you know what, I'm in Germany, I have to have, I have to tr- at least get one beer, so I got a beer from the hostel, and it was fine, it wasn't like super great, I will say, it's better than beer I've had in America, so, yeah, I can check that one off my, bu- my it's not on my bucket list, but I can check that one off the list of things to do in life. Um, and then oh that night it was cold i there's no heating in the tent it's a tent and i actually was cold i put on i mean i don't have that many clothes in my backpack but i put on my leggings my long pants <laughs> um, all the shirts that i could put on and then i put my dress on over top of all of that just to add another layer of warmth but yeah, no, I looked absolutely ridiculous. I put on, like, as many clothes as I could, and I, I was cold. But, oh, yeah, and then also there's a guy I met. I feel like he's just someone I would be friends with. He reminds me of some of my friends back home. He's 17 years old. He's from California. Um, he was traveling around. He went with his family originally. Then he traveled around Europe just for a little bit with his sister. And then him and his sister wanted to go two different ways, so they split. And he was traveling around by himself. His name was, like, Landon or something like that. He was he was funny. He reminded me of a lot of my friends from back home. But, yes, he was 17 years old, which is crazy. But the next day, I woke up, and I took the train. It was about a two-hour train ride, but I don't mind at all. It's The train's beautiful. I love looking out and seeing the scenery. So I went to the Disney Castle. Or, sorry, it is the castle that the Disney Castle was inspired by so the disney castle you see like in disney world was inspired by this castle in germany and it's called the oh oh goodness neustein castle n-e-u-s-c-h-w-a-n-s-t-e-i-n castle and so when i was going there you have to get off the train and you switch to a tram and it will take you to the bottom of the hill which you then hike up So it's not easy to get to this castle, especially for elderly people. Walking up there is not, it's not easy. But I had to go to the bathroom in between the train and the tram. So I went to the bathroom and the European bathrooms are a little bit different. Like it doesn't have like a normal thing to flush all the time. So I was trying to figure out how to flush the toilet and I hit a button thinking I was gonna flush it, but I hit the wrong button and I hit the button that's for, you know, oh, I've fallen, I can't get up. That button, like the emergency button. And it starts beeping. It's like, beep, beep. I was like, oh, my goodness. Ah, there's going to be someone who comes storming in here trying to save me, thinking I've fallen and can't get up. <laughs> so then I like get out of the bathroom real quick. I open the door, and there's just these women staring at me. And there's this alarm going off, like, beep, beep, beep. I was like, open the door, and I told them, okay, I'm fine. I don't need help. I just hit the wrong button. So no one came to rescue me. I got out of there in time. But yeah, that's a funny one. Add that to the list of things I've done. That's comical. But yeah, Germany, I it's beautiful. I have written down here on the train ride. there's just a bunch of cows, farm fields, and forest. It's very pretty. And that's kind of the area that the castle's in. So I got to the top and I knew ahead of time that in order to get into the castle, I was gonna need a ticket. Well, I looked the night before, and tickets are sold out for the next, like, four to six weeks, so no chance of me getting into the castle. But I walked around. It was pretty to look at, and I stood at the, I went to the entrance to the castle, and <laughs> it was so sad. You have all these, like, older people, kids who are so excited to go in the castle, and they don't know that you needed to make a reservation. So my heart went out to the guy who had to break that news to all these excited people. So I said to him, I said, is there any chance I can wait and see if someone doesn't show up? And he said, yeah, go ahead. You're probably going to be waiting a while though. It's, it's super busy today. And I said, okay. So I just kind of stood there (laughs) by the entrance. I don't know. I thought maybe at some point he'd feel bad for me and let me in. But as I was standing there, a man said to the guy, he's like, I can't go in because of my knee. My knee's bad. Does anyone want my ticket? And he pointed to me and the guy said, do you want my ticket? And I said, yes, I will pay you for it. So I ended up getting to go inside the Disney castle. And Katie Hale, I was thinking about you a lot because I know you love Disney. But um, it was really cool that I got to go in there. And it was such a blessing and such a God thing that I got to do that. And the inside of the castle was very, it was beautiful. It reminded you of a museum, church, very, very detailed paintings, detailed floors, Um And so it was really fun to walk around there. There's a one sign that it was of God, and it said, like, the Alpha Omega sign. It was a good reminder to me that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, So I walked through there, and the guy, um, the guy, I don't know, the prince or whoever had this castle built for himself, he had a prayer room in his bedroom, which I thought was cool and the balcony view at the end was stunning. That's the only place you were allowed to take pictures. No pictures were allowed anywhere else. Um, But the balcony was beautiful. You could see the lakes, the mountains, the trees. It was great. And you could actually see another castle. But turns out this man only got to live in the castle half a year and then he died. So, and then it was turned into a museum. So it was kind of a reminder to me of don't put too much stock into earthly things because You can't take them with you. (laughs) Um, But, yep, so I hiked back down, and I left the, um, the castle, and I headed back to Munich. Yet again, the Munich trains in that area are tough. Very, very challenging to navigate. People help me, though, and at this point, I do not care about asking people for help. If they think I'm dumb, that's fine. So be it but also did not help the cause that my phone was not working and my phone maps stopped working at some point. So yeah, didn't help either, but you know, challenges are a good thing. They make you grow. <laughs> and one thing I've adopted is Coach Denano's motto, specifically on this trip, everything happens for my good. I talked about that earlier. It's based in Romans 8, but everything happens for my good. For example, I went to get on a train to Munich to get me back. As I pressed the door to open it, the train conductor pulled out. I was like, do you not see me? I'm about to get on this train and you just pull out. But everything happens for my good. I got to answer text message that I've been needing to answer and needed to put thought into it. So everything happens for my good. It's a good motto in life. I need to continue to remember that. But so I get back to the hostel and I needed to get dinner and they have dinner and it's a nice dinner, Um, and I was just going to buy it at the camp store. Well, they only take cash, which is fine. I had cash on me, but I used that cash to buy the Disney ticket that I was not intending to buy, so I needed to go to an ATM to get cash. Well, the ATM, after walking around trying to find it in the middle of this huge hospital, was not in order, so I was like, what am I going to do? And at that moment, I almost just started to cry. But then I stopped myself. i was like, don't cry. Like, this is comical. Like, you're fine. You'll laugh about this one day. And so my 17 year old friend Landon bought me dinner, (laughs) which was so nice of him. And he's like, No, don't worry. I got you. I got you. I was like, something tells me this isn't your money, but your parents money. But this is really kind. And I told him I was like, you want a or You want something? He's like, No, no, I got you. It's only $5. I was like, thank you so much. And then the next day I got cash. But oh, also something else. I did find an ATM earlier on to try to get more cash out and it wouldn't take my pin. And it turns out it was that ATM that was wrong. I had the pin right because it worked later on at a different ATM. But yeah, so, you know, thankful, thankful for my friend there. Still can't believe he's traveling around Europe by himself at 17. But hey, he, he does look older. He looked like he's probably like somewhere around my age. So that's how I think he gets away with it, because you're supposed to be 18 to check into hostels, but I don't know. Um, so that night, I met a guy from India, which was cool, and some Canadians. Again, I love all the different languages and hearing all the diverse languages and all the different people. It's really, really cool. And then that night, I stayed up late, and I went to FCA on Zoom. I had to go wear my headlamp because it was lights out at 1 a.m., and that's when the meeting started, but it's always fun to see my friends. I, like, I love all of them. Um, so then the next day, I decided that I wanted to go to Dachau, the um, concentration camp that is north of Munich. You spell Dachau D-A-C-H-U-A, something like that, um, and I thought about it before I did this recording. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that because I think some of the details can be very disturbing to some people, so I'll just keep it keep it general but um, I did think about it, and I did make the decision to go because i've I've read some books about the Holocaust and obviously learned about it growing up and I think it was something I wanted to see firsthand to to experience it and have a vendor understanding of the horrors that happened during that time period but um it was crazy that it was just in a regular town there's buildings around there's neighborhoods um it was wild wild and the buildings i think what disturbed me the most the two things were the buildings did not look that old a reminder that the holocaust was not very long ago the buildings did not look very old Buildings on a college campus in America look significantly older older than those buildings looked. And also the setup was similar to a normal summer camp, which even to say that, like, uh, it's chilling to the bone. Um, they had a dining hall. They had a registration. They had a camp road. They had um, like dorms, barracks. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I... Some of it can definitely be very disturbing to people. Um, but while I was there, I memorized Ephesians six twelve. 12. Um, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. <laughs> I won't lie. I got a little bit nervous there halfway through. <laughs> I was seeing if I could still do it. Um, but yeah, I thought that would be an appropriate verse to memorize. But anyways, after leaving, um, leaving Dachau, I went up to... A Sorry, I had to stop the recording because some people walked into the room that I was doing the recording in. But anyways, after I left Dachau, I went up to this town called Rosenberg Obder Tabor. I can spell it if you want to look it up. It's a long one, so hold on a second. R-O-T-H-E-N-B-U-R-G space O-B space T-E-R space T-A-U-B-E-R. And it's just this classic old-style German town with all these half-timbered buildings. It was, it was really cute. And it was um, nice just to walk through and see all the old-style buildings. They were really pretty. And Carrington warned me before I went to Dachau that she said, you don't just leave there and have like a normal day. It kind of lingers and it hangs the darkness of it for a while. And I think that was definitely true. Kind of throughout that day, I just thought, of like, holy cow. I was at a concentration camp this morning. That's that's insane. So definitely the darkness and the heaviness of that did did hang throughout the day. That night I got a hotel, so I was the only one in my room, which was a little bit different than the tent when you had one hundred and sixty people in one one tent. So it was nice to have my own space, though. And then the following morning I went to Aldi. I thought it'd be comforting a little bit, be like oh a piece of home, but. Honestly, I did not recognize any of the food at Aldi, <laughs> in that Aldi. And I, I think some of, like, some of the setup was the same and the baskets and stuff were the same, but definitely very different food than we have here in America. And then after that, I went to a farm. It was, um, his name's, Ye- their name's Jens and Yuli. I think I'm saying that correct in German. But how I got connected to them was my friend Bo, his mom, Mama Brew, shout out to Mama Brew. She's the best. She put me in contact with them. And Jens used to work when he was, I think he said around 22, 23, he helped out at the Baker's Farm in Lancaster. And so they've had this connection and they've stayed friends for years. And so Jens picked me up at the train station and then we went and got his do- um, daughter, Mila, And we drove around a little bit. And he showed me around their town near Castle, Germany. And it was so much fun. I haven't been in a car in a while. And I told him, I said, you're a lot better driver than some of those taxi drivers I've had who have been crazy. But he drove me around, showed me his parents' old farm, showed me around the town, showed me around his farm. And it was so much fun. And then he had to get some work done um, on the farm. So Neela made us pasta for lunch with um, she put fresh cream in it from the cows and it was so good it was a great great lunch and then um, as we were in the kitchen talking jen's was making sandwiches for the people who work on his farm to give them lunch and it was raw pork and i asked him i said do you eat that i thought you were like not to, not even supposed to go near raw meat like if you touch raw meat with a knife or something you're just like wash it off and he's like yeah it's like fresh from it's it's fresh meat it's fine and I was like that's so interesting because that's a big no-no to me but anyways after that Nila and I hung out for a while and she's only 17 so she's not old enough to drive because I think you have to be 18 to drive in Germany so Jens asked me he said do you know how to drive and I said yeah I can drive they hit a Subaru they drive on the right side of the road and um actually before I went I don't I don't know if I Thought I would end up driving, but just in case, I got my international driver's permit. You just go to AAA, it was like $27. So, I had my driver's license, I had my international driving permit, I had my passport, so I was good to go. And they trusted me to drive their Subaru. And um, we got in the car, and Nila was a great co-pilot. I definitely needed a co-pilot, because I don't know what all the signs in German mean so she was telling me how fast I could go all of it is in kilometers per per kilometers per hour not miles per hour so that was an adjustment and the signs I didn't know what they meant so she was a great co-pilot told me where to go and we drove we picked up her friend on the way and then we went to this big lake dam probably 30 minutes away it was through the countryside we were talking playing music and it was it was great it was so much fun and we got to the dam, and then we walked across, and we went to this little, um, like, ice cream cafe thing, and Nila ordered for me, because I couldn't order for myself, because there's not a lot of um, English spoken there. And um, her dad got it for, um, paid for us, which I thought was just so kind, and not needed, but it was really nice of him. And then we came back, and we dropped off her friend, and then we went to a lake where all of her friends were hanging out. There's probably 10, 15 of us. And it was just cool to sit there with all all her friends and listen to them talk in German. And I was that American friend of Neela's, which it was funny. But then after that, we left the dam. And oh, you know what? Before we went, sorry, oh, sorry, backtracking. Before we went to the lake, we went and we got crepes at this cafe that was in another real cute half timber town. And um, Nila told me it's her favorite cafe. So, I we went there I got us a crepe and then we went hung out at the lake with her friend and we drove back and I brought back her friend with us so it was a great day I got to be a high school German a German high school student for a day it was it was great it was a one day foreign exchange experience and and then that night Yen and Yuli took me to castle into the town and we went to a burger place, and then we went to see the Hercules Castle. Um, it was on t- Hercules statue that was on top of a hill, and it was such a fun, fun night. Um, I was at dinner, and I ordered water, and the lady said, "Do you want gas in it?" I was like, "Do I want gas in my water?" And then I figured they were talking about, "Do you want like the bubbles to make it like um." seltzer water i was like i have not been asked if i want gas in my water before in america so that was the funny one but um then we they drove us they drove me all around castle and it was it was so much fun it was such a special experience definitely a different experience than you get just being a tourist trying to get around by yourself on trains and then we went back and they have an ice cream business from all their cows. so Jens gave me ice cream. I actually had ice cream with lunch as well, but um, he gave me ice cream and it was really good. And he showed me the milking robot that they have. Um, So he doesn't have to like wake up early and milk the cows, but he can just use the milking robot. Um, And then the next, oh, and then I went to bed and um, Jens's daughter, Julie, I think I say, I think you say Julie, she gave me her room so that was so kind of her, and she made me a little sign that said um, "welcome." And she made she put like nice sheets on the bed, gave me water, and it was it had quite the view from the room. So I really, really appreciated it and that kindness. I left her thank you note in the morning, um, and then for breakfast they had this whole spread of things, of cheese, meat, bread, Nutella. For, like everything and they did have a little bit of the raw pork and I tried a little bit because I said because he said you can't say you don't like something until you try it and he said it's safe because it's new so I did try a little bit of the raw meat <laughs> even to say that sounds not right but anyways I left I said goodbye to everyone and I was sad to leave because I found a little piece of home um, at their farm and they were so hospitable and I love sharing stories about the brew um, and it was it was great. It was definitely one of the highlights of my trip being with them. It was really a really special an experience I won't forget. But after that, I went to the train station and I will say the trains in Germany were not it, it was not the smoothest day of transportation by any means. And I will take full ownership. It was not all the trains fault. I made three mistakes on the train systems. That were my fault. It was just like, what are you doing? Like, why, how do I keep making? Like, I kept making dumb mistakes, getting on the wrong train, going on a train that was going the wrong direction. And I mean, it is confusing, but I've navigated more challenging train systems before. So I was like so frustrated with myself. And also the app wouldn't work. That, um, it's just to like generate your ticket. So that caused me problems. Also, my phone maps the app that has my like maps and directions on my phone wasn't working. So it was just a whole like concoction of different things. And my mistakes, the train system being messed up, the app not working to get my ticket, my phone maps not working. Um and also in the midst of all this, my knee was hurting. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I wasn't upset because my knee hurt. Like the pain wasn't that bad. I was just more fear of did I actually do something to my knee? I start work on August first. Like this could be really bad. Um, and so It was ironic that I was reading Acts 27 that day, which is talking about Paul and his ship to Rome and how the journey wasn't always smooth by any means. And there was bumps in the road for Paul too, just like there were bumps in the road, bumps in the road for me. But um, there was a moment I was at Gettorf, G-E-T-T-O-R-F, probably wasn't even supposed to be there, but probably ended up there by mistake or because of a train or something. But I um, had to sit there in the train station and wait. And I just had that moment where I just broke and I just cracked. <laughs> and I just started sobbing, like crying in this train station. Um, and I was just upset because of the mistakes I made with the trains. I was upset with myself and my knee was like con- very much concerning me. So I just started crying and sobbing at the train station. You no, know, classic, classic moment of traveling by yourself. But um anyways I did not make it to Copenhagen that night because of all the issues and so I stayed in a town called Kiel K I E L Germany um I think it's a port town nothing nothing special but I um stayed there and then that night I went and I got um phyllox. Yeah, falafel, and I went in, and the person did not speak very good English. Um, he didn't. He did not speak English, and but the girl who's sitting there eating, she was like, "Do you need help?" I said, "Yes, please." So she helped me, and she told me what he was saying and translated for me. But it was, it was really cool because the person he who did not speak English, he smiled at me, and it was just you could tell not by his words, and not even by, nothing he said because I didn't know what he was saying. But just by his smile on his face he was you could tell that he was welcoming and he was kind and it was just a reminder to me of how a smile can just brighten someone's day and make someone's rough day a little bit better i very much appreciated the guys in that shop and they're just friendly kind smiling faces after a rough day so i got my falafel it was really good i talked to the woman there um and she said she's like yeah when my dad dropped me off he came here with me And I just had to come back because it was so good. And when she said that, I was like, oh, I miss my parents and I miss my family. I wish I could bring them here, but it was okay. All right. So I'm coming to the end of my trip here. On the next episode, I will update you on Denmark and Sweden. And yeah, that's a wrap on on the trip. That's crazy. But um, I'll update you on those two countries next time. All right. Bye, everyone. See ya.